Hello, everyone, and welcome to Friends of the Force, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Brad. And I'm your host, Sarah. And this week on the show, we are talking about Star Wars, the Bad Batch episode number 11, titled Devil's Deal. Dun, dun, dun. I know. Scary. It is directed by Stuart Lee and written by Tamara Betcher Wilkinson. So this is going to be a full spoiler discussion. If you haven't watched the episode, please go do so before you listen to this. If you saw Star Wars' social media post this morning at 9 a.m., you probably had the episode spoiled for you. Because that was a shocker. They just they just went full-blown spoilers in their preview. But although there wasn't really Boo. much in this episode that you couldn't not spoil because it was the whole episode. But uh, I woke up and we watched some good Ryloth, Sindula family, Star Wars mm-hmm. politic action. Yes. And then you proceeded to send me approximately, in your words, approximately 30 messages. I was very and excited. In, and then in the Discord, we're like, I just sent Sarah approximately 30 messages. Wake up, Sarah. Yeah, I totally outed you to all of our Discord members. You did, as me not being awake. But I woke up, I read all of your very excited, very hype messages, and I was like, Rad, this is a lot, but okay. <laughs> and then I watched the episode and was also like, this is lovely. This is a good yeah. time. So I can understand all your hype, exciting messages. And I appreciate your enthusiasm all of the time. Yeah. I love this episode. It is definitely a top episode for me this season. Obviously, the, the big, big moment is Harris and Dula and Chopper. Mm. They're the focus of the episode. This is the point of view that we're getting for Devil's Deal the Sandula family in general and the Imperial presence on Ryloth, which we've seen Ryloth so many times during the Clone Wars and even during Rebels, I believe. Cham Sandula has popped up in a lot of different places, both in publishing and in those two shows as well. So it was really wonderful to see him back in the mix and also to see Hera's mom. I don't think we've seen yeah. Hera's mom before ever. I might be mistaken, but I love a good mom. She's giving me some pretty heavy Vanessa Doza vibes. I just, I just love a good mother and daughter relationship because I've been begging for more of those in Star Wars. So even if we only get it for a couple episodes, I'm pretty happy about it. But Sarah, what did you, what did you think of this episode and also just the, the scope of it and the fact that we only saw the Bad Batch for about three minutes out of a 25 minute episode? It was uh, quite different. Yeah. Yeah. So I say, I'll say firstly that I really enjoyed the parallels between the beginning of this episode and the beginning of the Raxus episode last episode. I appreciated how we've kind of gotten these different points of view with regards to the galaxy's actions. So we got it in this episode, in the previous episode, and then in episodes, I believe, two and three on Onderon, right? And the planet where Sue and Cut are which i can't mm-hmm. think of right now where they're kind of reacting differently in these different situations with the empire so we're kind of getting that again in this episode and i really enjoyed um the different point of view on the in the different place and how they're reacting so i enjoyed the galactic scale of this story i also found it really exciting that we were back with characters that we did know like obviously people like Hera's Hera's amazing Hera's- she's so good She's so great. So I was just thrilled to see Hera and Chopper. And um, I think this a lot of this episode was set up. So I'll be really looking forward to how the next episode pays off everything that was set up in 
this episode. Yeah. So that that I I like I'm really excited for the potential of it. Yeah. As as much as I enjoyed it, like I think the next one is going to top it. I, I do see this more as a setup, like you said. And when you look at this episode and the next one, which the title has been leaked, it's called Rescue on Ryloth. Mm-hmm. When you look at those two in tandem with each other, I think they're going to make for a really great like one-two punch. Yeah. Like kind of like a like a 40-minute event, you know, like involving Hera, involving that character that we know and love from every medium at this point almost. So yeah. it was so great to see her back. Like when we first saw Cham and her mother, Eleni, I think is how you pronounce it. And when it cuts over to like that Imperial facility and you just see Chopper's thing go up behind the rock, like the little like camera look around thing that R2 has on Dagobah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, it's Chopper. And I just like immediately started laughing hysterically and crying. Like I was just so happy. And then to see him come up and just go, whoop, whoop, whoop. And I'm just like, oh my God, Star Wars is good. Like I just, I just love <laughs> this. I love it so much. Like what was your first reaction when you saw Chop? And Hera, just like on that hillside. Well, I knew it was coming at that point because, yeah. you know, the internet. But um, I, it was really nice. It was really nice to see them. And I didn't expect to get Chopper. Like, I just expected to see see Hera. So getting Chopper as well was just an absolute delight because who doesn't love the womp, 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 yeah. womp, you know, like of Chopper. He's he's so great. And brings back all those good rebels vibes right yeah um, voiced by dave filoni as well again you mean chopper <laughs> chopper himself chopper himself yeah. um so <laughs> so like it, it was really nice to have them back and i do think that this next episode will take more from the batch's point of view i think i think it'll split the point of view more evenly and i think that'll be really curious but again that's speculation but i was very excited i was refreshed to see an episode from a completely separate point of view. Yeah, let's talk about the the point of view of this episode for a little bit and why that specific choice was made to, again, only have the Bad Batch be in, in three minutes of this episode. And I will say it's not entirely unprecedented in Star Wars animation. I know a lot of episodes in The Clone Wars have had episodes that you know don't center on our, our main protagonists. I think of that droids episode, for example, like when they're all stuck in the, the bleak white void or whatever on that one planet and they find like a clone commander i'm, I'm kind of blanking on all the the details right now but it's the droid arc it's george lucas's favorite um arc but it doesn't feature any jedi or any anybody that we really <laughs> you know kind of know but the series is not necessarily doing that too early i think it's sometimes good to have things from other perspectives especially when a lot of the show has been kind of trying to both give us all of the growth and perspective of the Bad Batch while also exploring this time period that we haven't seen before mm -hmm. because we've never really seen the post-Order 66 aftermath and like the immediate aftermath at that. So to then also see it through a character that we already know definitely adds a layer there. And mm -hmm. I think that's just one part of it. But like when we look at the show as a whole, we're asking what is the question and how is this going to lend itself to the Bad Batch themselves? They're trying to ask themselves, who are we if not soldiers? And how do we fit in this new galaxy? Well, then the next question is, what does this new galaxy look like? And I think having Ryloth and having the perspective of people who fought 
so hard during the Clone Wars to then see where they are under the Imperial Fist adds a layer to that galaxy and to like what it looks like and so how people are experiencing it similar to what we've seen in previous episodes. I think it's only like one episode out of the 16 that we're really not going to see much of the Bad Batch, which I think is a pretty good, a pretty good rate. And I think having just one episode where they're not really involved is not necessarily a bad thing. I think mm-hmm. it just kind of fleshes out this time period even more. And I'm personally a fan of that. I think it adds a lot to it. Yeah. And I think that they're definitely seizing on an opportunity where, you know, they decide they're going to Ryloth and they say, oh, well, we've got characters that we know and have used before and that the fans really love. So why not? center this one around them which allows us to understand that question of what does the galaxy look like how are individuals reacting to and resisting in that galaxy in this new world and how does the bad batch interact with them and we saw that the bad batch interacted them interacted with them through a job with sid to provide weapons to Gobi. so we are kind of understanding that they're not there of their own volition at this point they're still there on mission from sid and you know it makes me wonder if this is a turning point for them in some way uh like a true turning point where they make a decision one way or another to either fight for better or fight for worse and uh i think it was really interesting that we got them in this um in this capacity because when we see the mission from their point of view we're kind of seeing something of of the same they're getting taught some different lessons they're going on these adventures but it wasn't about them this time around it was about the individuals on the planet like explicitly so i'll be curious if hera is instrumental in them kind of making the decision to actively be better and not to just survive and and you know get money on the jobs from sid and uh if so it makes me (laughs) makes my heart warm because that uh omega hera moment was very soft yeah and how much more rewarding would it be if when we see the bad batch change for the better and like maybe follow a cause like rex was kind of pushing them to do as opposed to chasing credits mm-hmm. it's so much more rewarding when it's like oh hera is the one who did that because we all love hera we're everybody's a fan of hera and she's yeah, popped Hera's up in so cool. many places right and so then add that part of her history to say like oh like she was she went on a rescue mission with the Bad Batch to, to bust her parents out of jail, out of Empire Jail on Ryloth. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's pretty cool. And, yeah, it is it is a nod to those fans. But I think also giving her this, this entire episode of backstory helps other fans maybe potentially get introduced to Hera that might not have watched Rebels. Mm-hmm. So, overall, I really like the style. And, like, even the last episode when we started with that senator, Avi Singh, And it was like that for five minutes or so. We just saw from his perspective, you mentioned the parallel. I kind of like that. I kind of like seeing the sort of situation first, then let's jump over to the Bad Batch. This episode felt like a longer version of the cold open from last week. That was only like, you know, the first five minutes. Yeah, which really makes me excited for next week's episode because I feel like it's doing so much of the the work, expanding that five minute cold open from last episode into the 23 minutes of this episode giving us high stakes for the next episode for both people who haven't maybe you know seen rebels or know of the story of ryloth and for fans who have seen and know the story quite well knowing that we're about to you know come to a kind of um if i may a nexus point oh it's a loki reference (laughs) yeah 
a kind of important moment for the people of Ryloth, um, it, it, it heightens the stakes a little bit. It makes it all the pieces um, fit in more interesting, you know, patterns. So, I mean, I'm just really looking forward to knowing where it's going. Yeah. And there's a line from Cham and he says, you know, to Hera, like, I hope you will never have to live a life like mine. And Ugh. I'm just like... Oof. And oh, she does the rest ouch. of her life. <laughs> like, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Rebels and then in uh, the Alphabet Squadron trilogy and you're just like, yeah. Oof. <laughs> Which, you know, she thinks a lot in the Alphabet Squadron trilogy about, I want to settle down. I have a son. Like, I want to, I yeah, want to be a mom. Price. I don't, I don't want to be a, a fighter anymore. You know, I've been doing this my whole life and we've seen her here now do, literally doing this since she was a kid, like running spy missions with Chopper and, accidentally <laughs> attending an arms deal with the bad batch you know so <laughs> it's it's interesting well, yeah goby kind of pushed her into that <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah but i you know i think it is a little too early though for people to like criticize this and say like oh it you know it doesn't add anything to the bad batch it's only one episode out of 16 yeah i mean i think of a show like doctor who for mm -hmm. instance the episode blink which yeah, for yeah. any Doctor Who fans out there, if you've seen <laughs> Blink, the whole idea is it's like a whole, it kind of just like drops you in with these uh, random characters, one of which is played by by Carrie Mulligan, which like crazy oh, yeah, to yeah, think back yeah. to her playing in that uh, episode. But that whole episode is like, who are these people? We don't know who they are. Like, where's the doctor and where's the companion? You know, I'm sure people probably had the same reactions like this isn't a this is a bad Doctor Who episode. Where's the doctor? You know, nah, but there's man. that twist at the end oh, and we, we find the out like angels. Yeah. We find out the doctor is like trapped in time basically by the weeping angels. And that episode ends up becoming, you know, despite being referred to as Dr. Light, it's one of the most critically acclaimed episodes of the series that like people say is like a top five episode. So I just think it's a little too early to say like, oh, this doesn't add anything to the bad batch. We have to see how it all solidifies with our part one and with our part two next week. And there might even sure. be a part three. We don't know how long this arc's going to go for. This could go for four parts. We just don't know. Yeah, we've so, got Rescue yeah. on Moriloth the next week, then Infested, then Ooh. War Mantle, and then, then TBA and TBA. Um, so yeah. Infested. Whoa, sounds scary. I got, I got, when I say the word, I have to kind of put some emphasis. Infested. It makes like, me think of Halo 3 for some oh reason. Oh my god, I was just about to say that. And you have to say it in the Halo announcer voice, infested. Infected. <laughs> Triple kill. Anyways, so I, I think of uh, those like spore things in Halo 3, you know, when oh you got that god. one mission and yeah. you're like, yeah, you you know, any Halo <laughs> fans listening, you know. But anyways. I'm so glad our brains like both went there like in that yeah. split second. We were both like, uh, yeah, this is we're playing we're playing like zombies on um or whatever is master chief gonna show up in the bad batch oh, people oh are gonna be really upset about that but yeah i think it's just a little too early to call we just got to see how this all rounds out by the end because i think you know 40 minutes combined that could be some really really good life-changing stuff for the bad batch and to see it come through Hera's eyes again especially with that moment with omega that we'll talk about would be really cool can we so. just like jump into that moment with omega yeah, let's do Can it. We just talk about it because yeah. it was my favorite part of the episode by far. Like it was so perfect and so special and I absolutely lived for it. And this moment is like Hera being really excited about the ship, Omega inviting her on and showing her around. And like, <laughs> it was so soft. 
It's so good because we know Hera isn't a pilot yet, but we know she's going to be one of the greatest pilots that, you know, the rebellion has ever seen. And here's Omega kind of living her dream in some ways, who is not a pilot herself yet, but it's these two young women just sharing in this experience and kind of bringing their excitement together. And it's Omega reciting the the specs and saying, you know, tech won't let me fly the ship until I can name everything, which was such a great moment. But then Hera just being like, flying is about a feeling. It's, you know, the instruments help you, they guide you along, but it's about a feeling that you have. Mm-hmm. And then Omega goes to the Bad Batch, goes, did you know flying is about a feeling? And they're like, <laughs> Tech's what? like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, what I love about that is that you know, it's, it clearly shows that, like, the Bad Batch has, um, I don't want to say, like, a rigid way of life or anything like that, but they have very set parameters in their life. Set modes of thinking. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, they're clones. They've been programmed to, to fight in this war. And they've got these particular traits that define them in a large way because of their quote-unquote defects right and i don't think they've ever allowed themselves to consider the feelings in it all and now Hera is like it's not it's not about you know where the throttle is and where the defector shield is and like all these pieces it's about you know putting yourself in the in the seat and doing it and i just really appreciated that omega hearing that different point of view and also you know omega showing Hera like what life is like for her in in the briefest of moments i just i i just thought it was so special well she's been getting all the different great things about being a free kid right yes not being confined to the walls of camino i mean the second episode of the series we just saw her come out the ship and start kicking dirt oh <laughs> yeah you know playing fetch with the kids i would say that's like the last time she really had one of the kind of biggest kid bonding moments was like like them playing fetch yeah. in the yard and also the zygerian pirates she kind of said goodbye to that one girl that was uh, that they save but here it's like that kind of classic you know you you make your first friend at school and then you invite them over and you're like oh this is my house like let me show you like my room and like oh let's go to my basement i'm gonna show you like our playroom and stuff and yeah, you get like yeah. so excited because it's your first time having a friend over and you're just like so excited to show them everything you're like i have to tell you about my entire life so you can be my yeah. best friend and know everything yes exactly so this is what that felt like it was like oh let me show you my room like when we're not being chased it's a turret you know yeah. <laughs> but otherwise that's where i live and that's where i sleep and that's cool you know and uh that's just so that's just so funny she's like it's my room <laughs> i have to say uh, that like i quite literally did this a couple weeks ago i met up with a friend who i hadn't seen in the longest time my very best you know friend from high school and um i have redecorated my room in the time since and i was like i have to show you my new room <laughs> so like i we still do it 12 year old omega <laughs> or whoever old she is uh it's just so great but that's like really her first time to say hey this is something that's my space yeah let me show you who i am yeah through my space yeah like i yeah. have a place that can call home let me show yeah. you it yeah and that's just really that's just really cool. It's just people talk about how this lacked character growth for the Bad Batch. That was a hell of a lot of character growth for Omega mm-hmm. in a couple of minutes, in my opinion. I think that was pretty good stuff. She's going to remember that probably the rest of her life in some ways. Like, flying is a feeling. Did you guys know that? I mean, that 
right there alone is is so cool for her to learn something from somebody else that is not the Bat Batch that sticks yeah, with her. And it really expands her point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bad Batch is teaching her in, in their very masculine perspective, because again, like she's got four dads, um, but yeah. for like another young girl to come and tell her something and to teach her something, I think is really special and a really great um, role model and peer for her uh, yeah. alongside her four dads. <laughs> Does this pass the Bechdel test? Does it? Well, it's like two women not talking about a man, but don't you need like three named women? Oh, I mean, I guess we have three named women in the episode. So the Bechdel test is uh, whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. The requirement that the two women must be named is sometimes added. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this would pass the Bechdel test. So they're named. Yeah. They're both girls. They're talking about ships. And then we've got the mom as well. And then the other lady who also talks in the, towards the end in the fight. Yeah, it's just great to have them be in there and yeah, talking about their interests rather than like, oh, let me tell you about the bad batch or like, oh, let me tell you about my dad, Champ, you know, like to talk about other men around them. Like, no, let's just have like a girl to girl conversation and like, let me show you my room. Let me show you around the ship. Like we're having we're having like a play date, basically. And it's yeah, it's a it's a great friend moment. As Saoirse Ronan in Little Women would say. (laughs) Women. thank you that's great all. movie that's everybody it. everybody should watch little women it's a great film yep yep i don't know where to go from there i just i've talked about my favorite moment it's all downhill from here i'm kidding i'm kidding it's still a great episode where do you want to <laughs> hop to next well let's keep talking about Hera because i she's just exciting the hell out of me right now sure. this is her this is her version of a new hope essentially oh. you know that that shot of her looking at the sky and you see her hand come across the frame that's like a beautiful one of the most beautiful shots I've seen in, in Star Wars animation. The music? Her theme coming back. So good. I was like, oh God, this is so beautiful. It hurts. Like, so precious and gorgeous. And then immediately uh, the stormtroopers come in and you're just like, ouch, no. No, let her have this moment of peace. It sounds a bit like Leia's theme too. It does. You know, a little bit of the Alderaan kind of do-do, do-do-do-do-do-do, you know? It's played on the horn. That's why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I don't know if Harris theme is typically played on the horn. Um, but because it's played on a French horn, I think that's what's I think the I think the French horn is what. Yeah, maybe. Music people Gosh, will know it better than us. I, guys, I'm a choir person and not a band person. So I'm so sorry to all of our, our band listeners and orchestra listeners out there hearing me butcher instruments. <laughs> but I know what the euphonium is, okay? Euphonium is a great instrument. Thank you for coming to my my TED Talk. I do love her having that yearning throughout the episode to be a pilot and to get off this rock and to have her own ship. And I I just think it adds a lot to her character as well. And and yeah, like you said, we we did get this episode partially because it is Hera and we get to explore Hera in this time period. Likewise, we got to explore Kanan as well in the first episode, right? I saw somebody tweet like, oh, Hunter's a matchmaker and he doesn't even know it. Like he's met both Kanan and Hera and they're going to get, they're going to basically date and have a kid. Like, good job, Hunter. You did this. And I was just like, what is going on? What is happening? That's ridiculous, but also (laughs) hilarious because now that you think about it, I forgot. Not that I forgot about Kanan, but like I, I did not put baby them together with (laughs) big them in rebels. (laughs) (laughs) That was 11 whole weeks ago, Sarah. That's 11 
I mean, weeks I'm ago. 11 weeks older now, 11 weeks wiser, and I've completely forgot what happened 11 weeks ago. I don't even know what I don't even know what month it was, what day it was. It was May the Fourth. Do- yeah. <laughs> Who would have thunk? We were sitting around on our phones waiting for Star Wars news that day. Anyways, oh, I have gotten older, but not much wiser. Let's be honest here. Let's 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 clear that up right away. But no, I I think it was just really cool to see her origins in a way and again i i always forget that she owned chop before rebels so seeing him uh was a surprise but they are like a great duo like name a better duo please i could but like i just don't want to i don't want to kill the vibe here yeah okay no offense (laughs) but like cassian and k2 i just (laughs) it's pretty close it's it's a matter of personal opinion truly you know, it's funny. We've always been like, where's the Rebels sequel? But we never asked. What about the Rebels prequel? <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we, we're getting it. We're getting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's kind of cool, though. Honestly, I, I love seeing this all come together and uh, I'll just never get over Chopper. I'm excited to see Omega interact with Chopper, hopefully next <gasps> week. And the fact that, it. oh, the ending of this episode, just such a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. the, the tension, the gunships flying everywhere the sound of the gunships by the way is just so good yes hera fleeing the scene with chopper and choppers you know whisking her away and i love how her mom's like chopper get her out of here you know it just goes to show the kind of bond that hera and chopper have that like he will protect her as well it's not just a companionship it's a it's a it's a role of protector like he watches yeah. over her um mm-hmm. which is really sometimes wholesome. they do a very good job in the very beginning <laughs> no. of this episode yeah not really but you know as i think as Hera aged uh sometimes it, it feels like maybe she's watching over him in some ways because he did a mm-hmm. lot of the legwork early on um keeping yeah. a watchful eye on her and, and protecting her and i think that's just so wholesome but i, I love their dynamic it's it, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside like i just they're just like best buds it's just like it's like Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh, you know, like mm-hmm. it just doesn't get better than that. Honestly, like Star Wars droid person relationship. Oh, so damn good. Yeah. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Even those droids are hecka annoying. Those are my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta people, love it. People indeed. rag on C-3PO, but C-3PO, C-3PO is a precious baby who deserves to be protected. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So let's talk about Sham Syndulla for a little bit. Okay. Because I think the the politics of this episode were were quite interesting and I think he's very changed compared to where we see him in the Clone Wars, which I have not seen. Right. So preface. I'm going to give a little refresher here for uh for both your sake and the sake of our listeners to kind of explore where he's been. So uh he's nicknamed the Hammer of Ryloth, which I think is uh-huh. a absolute badass name, by the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty intense. He started as a political revolutionary. So he first appeared in the Clone Wars episode Liberty on Ryloth. That was all the way back in 2009. So this is 12 years after we so first met him. he's really old. Yeah, Just he kidding. goes back. Uh, <laughs> he goes back in the Star Wars, the Star Wars canon quite a bit. So he uh, was a political revolutionary who actually opposed Ryloth Senator Orrin Free Ta, who's in this episode and gets assassinated. So it yeah, adds a little no- bit. No wonder Orfri Ta kind of sucks. Yeah, like it adds a little bit of tension there at the end when Cham's like, "I've I've sat by and watched your greed and selfless selfishness, like you know, rise above the needs of Ryloth. Like I, I've I've watched it happen, right? Mm-hmm. So he 
he's really there for the uh for the ryloth people and he forms the twilight resistance and fights alongside some jedi and in the the clone army um and this is to repel watt tambor and the separatist army but um ultimately you know he was kind of reluctant to trust the republic again and, and feared their occupation on ryloth what's <laughs> uh, happening now with the empire uh <laughs> he eventually uh he eventually yeah he eventually allied himself with mace windu and they liberated ryloth together so uh-huh. it's interesting to see how he was once a political revolutionary kind of like saw Guerrero in a way but for ryloth Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Saw Gerrera was for Onderon. And we're seeing a lot of these revolutionaries in the series so far, which is apt for the time period, right? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to see him originally fear occupation by the Republic, and now it's like, in the beginning of the episode, he was sort of willingly allowing them to, like, occupy their planet and say, like, oh, the clones are going to protect us. The war, the war is over, so, like, let's just have peace and let's just move on. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he's okay with that? Why do you think he wants to just say, let's move on with our lives, let the Republic run things, we're all good here? Do you think it's just that he wants to stop fighting and be a father for once? Do you think he actually believes it? Because it doesn't seem like throughout the episode that he is involved with any of the things that are going on with his brother slash Hera's uncle. Whereas for Eleni, Sandula, she's like full-blown, like not trusting the Empire. She's like, what are they up to? Like, why are there military armaments at this base like what's going on so like what do you think's going through his mind just from you knowing him now i don't think that he's fully on board with the empire and what they're doing but i think he's so tired that he's willing to see how things play out in a new system He's willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because he says that I, I should be content that the war is over, but change is not always easy at the mm-hmm. very beginning of the episode. So he's clearly unsettled about the whole situation, but he goes with it because he feels that there's a potential for it to actually work out for them. So I see his, his position as hesitant, but accepting. Whereas Gobi is much more adamantly against it. He was the one who said the clones are supposed to leave after the war was over. You know, Mm -hmm. we shouldn't be ruled by troopers. And, you know, he ultimately kind of agrees, but is like, uh, you know, here we are. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like he's kind of sitting in the middle. He's kind of just trying to say, maybe we ride this one out. Yeah. I think tired is the best way to describe him. He is really tired. He, he tells Hera, fighting takes its toll. And he even mm-hmm. tells his brother Gobi, what's the point of fighting if we can't accept peace? Yeah. Right? So I think he just wants to lay low for a bit. And he's, it's sort of like a wishful thinking slash confirmation bias sort of thing. He wants to see how this could work. He wants to confirm the belief that it could work, that this could last. That, hey, you know, the Empire brought new refineries that brought a lot of new jobs. Yes, the Empire wants people to step down from their military ranks and their military positions. But like, hey, we got you. Turn over your weapons to us. We'll protect you. Peace and prosperity. This is what you guys fought for, right? It's somewhat tragic in a way, right? Because he gets into the situation by the end where he, he's sort of forced to lash out against the senator 
and making a, a quote-unquote attempted assassination on him to where it puts him in the the crosshairs of crosshair literally <laughs> you know and to say like oh look you just tried to assassinate him he's dead anyways now like look what you've done you you led to this yeah. now we can now we can arrest <laughs> you even though chan was truly the one that did want peace it was his brother who was more of a revolutionary in this case but this is sort of a catalyst for 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 cham to realize the empire is not a lasting thing it's never going to be and if you know anything about cham sandula after the events of the bad batch i mean we know that he forms the free ryloth movement which is to fight back against imperial occupation if you want more from cham go read lords of the sith oh. very big uh character in that um, and he also appears in in rebels for a couple episodes as well so he's got a long history still fighting the empire after this and i think this is that that event to to prove to him this isn't this isn't sustainable and you were you know it was kind of a wake-up call to him to say like ah oh, i was kind of foolish to think it would be okay like i feared the republic's occupation once before like why wouldn't i fear it again and it's because it's because i didn't want to see what was there you know mm -hmm. and that's what his brother says he says you don't want to see what's there yeah yeah if I can hop over to Crosshair a little bit, because you did mention Crosshair and yeah. the events with um, Ta. What did you think about that moment where, you know, he's where Cham is like, this is not how you go. I'm I'm not. This is not how it's happening. And then immediately Crosshair's like, bye, bitch, <laughs> and kills him anyway. That was like a really shocking moment for me because i was reading another book um i was reading a book recently surprised you should be i'm not <laughs> good good because I, I if you were surprised i'd be weirded out considering i read a lot um but i was reading this book where you know character was doing the same thing where he just got like really mad and at, at this person who had wronged him years ago and was like i'm gonna i'm gonna get you but it's not gonna be here and he kind of leaves him um and it kind of kind of comes back to bite him in the butt a little bit um because he let him live and now there's now they have a, a mutual grudge instead of a one-sided grudge but in this one we did not get to see that grudge continue to play out because he was immediately offed right so i thought this would be very shocking did you did you find it to be as shocking or did you think that that was i don't want to say predictable but a moment you saw coming that he wasn't going to make it out i i was shocked and i actually think this spoke pretty heavily to the conniving nature of rampart mm. i thought rampart mm -hmm. was a big player in this episode more than we've seen him really before i mean we, we've seen him kind of toying with things in the background but i feel like he was really pulling a lot of strings here mm -hmm. so he's calculating he's already one step ahead of everything it's the it's the reason all those gunships fly in he's already arresting champ like he knew where this was all going yeah and even in earlier in the episode he was like i'm pretty surprised that cham is kind of going into this so willingly like against uh your own words right like this is actually yeah. going pretty smooth both ta and rampart are surprised <laughs> yeah so i i just thought that spoke to to rampart did you did you see that with him throughout the episode sort of how he's playing a little bit of puppet master with this oh, planet yeah even right at the beginning when he says to eleni Oh, oh, unfortunate that your daughter couldn't join us. Oh. I was like, oh, uh oh. oh That's such no. a thrawn thing to say. It's, he it's feels such very a thrawn thrawn. thing to say. Yeah. It's such a threat. It's very calculated. It's a very, very pointed question. Not mm -hmm. only, and, and 
I don't think he would say the same thing to Cham. Like, I think it is a very gendered, pointed moment. Because yeah. there's a particular thing you're playing on when you're saying that to a mother. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can definitely see him, you know, being very calculating. Um, I And I think my my criticism with this episode is that it is, in a sense, a crosshair episode because that's the point of view we're getting. We're getting the Empire's point of view. And I wish crosshair was a bit more prominent in this episode. Mm-hmm. I wish we got more of him because it's clear that he's kind of a a leader of this new wave of war mantle troopers of the stormtrooper program essentially or specialized troopers and you know we might get more of him but i feel like he's a bit a bit of a missing link as we've focused on omega and the bad batch over the past couple of episodes I'm curious how much we'll get with him and uh, rescue on Ryloth, especially if the Bad Batch mm-hmm. is coming back. Mm-hmm. That will be curious. Do you, do you think we're going to get the next episode from the Bad Batch's point of view, or is it still going to be from Hera's point of view, experiencing the Bad Batch coming to rescue her? Like, is she going to reach out to Omega and be like, "Hey, hey, hey, new bestie, hey, bestie, um, <laughs> yeah. so I need some help." Um, no, I think it's going to split time more evenly between. Bad Batch and Hera and her family. So, like, I think it's going to be, you know, doing the work of, of both of those perspectives. And, but again, this is just pure speculation. I have no idea. Yeah. And I wonder as we get into the final episodes of the season or series with episodes called War Mantle. Yeah. And, you know, are we going to get more? Is it going to turn more towards the perspective of, okay, we got to rescue Crosshair. And maybe this Ooh. arc is the, is the, the arc when they finally decide, like, this is the mission now. I wonder. I wonder. I definitely feel like that War Mantle episode will be a Crosshair-focused episode. But, I mean, people's, some people's criticism with Resistance is that we didn't get enough Tam in Season 2 as, like, the one who split away. Mm-hmm. And I think you could levy perhaps some of that same criticism here. Absolutely. So I'm hoping that the same, like I'm hoping that these last handful of episodes will bring us more of the empire, the world around crosshair and crosshair's motivations and like true desires. Yeah. Because I feel like we still need to get that. We've gotten a lot of Hunter, a lot of Wrecker, a lot of Omega, a little bit less about echo and tech, but like even less of crosshair. So I want more crosshair in in this whole thing that's a really good observation about resistance and i hope they can they can rectify that with the series because there is a story there to be told and we, we do need his perspective because in my opinion he still is a member of the bad batch yeah it's not it's not his fault it's it's, yeah, it's, it's against he, his own will does he stick to it that's the yeah. question right like does he make the choice to be different or does he say no this is who i am now and i'm accepting this and i feel like this is the right way to go you know, when he has the ability to make that decision for himself. I don't know. I don't know, Sarah. A lot to be seen. A lot to be seen in these couple last couple episodes. We have five episodes left. Five. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. We're closing in. We are. I I can't believe we're already kind of here, but we're we're kind of here. We're getting there. I I really do think this this these last couple episodes are going to be very Empire galactic stakes focused you said which excites me me this morning that it wasn't panaka don't get your hopes up for panaka so i was very sad that you had spoiled that it wasn't panaka for me but also it wasn't panaka so that was a good thing to tell me 
like <laughs> I still am holding out hope that if we're getting empire focused stuff, galactic politics focused stuff, that will get my my real prediction, Bail Organa, and my crack prediction, Panaka. Yeah, <laughs> I have to bring it up. It's it's my it's my thing. It's my uh, my hidden Mikey's. If we get these <laughs> if we get these hidden Mickey's, if they reveal themselves to me, I I would cry. Listen, if this show keeps going and it just kind of turns into the Bad Batch helping out the ordinary people, you know, make a trip to Naboo maybe in season two. Panaka is the is the rampart there sort of deal you know oh boy it could happen it could happen listen i i think this show could go for a while let's keep exploring this time period because i I would be kind of bummed if it gets the the resistance treatment and like ends after a season or two like this could really go for like a couple seasons like three seasons at least if they did it right if they play their cards right if it only gets two i will have a lot of questions yeah (laughs) mostly that'll be my first thing i just (laughs) have a lot of questions yeah but you know that's neither here nor there we're not quite quite there yet um but point point being let's get panaka eventually yeah going back to finish my circle out here um yes another thing i would like to mention this is just an absolute funny this is nothing with no bearing on anything else but there's a moment when cham is giving his speech that ta is just gripping like both of his leku with his hands (laughs) and i'm just like that's such a moment when you when you just start like playing with your hair and you're just like you know what i'm just gonna gonna hang on to my hair you know he had that moment with his leku and i thought that was very funny because he was kind of i think he was kind of um anxious about what cham was about to say or what cham was saying yeah if he would go with ta or not yeah ta is an interesting character uh, you know rest in peace for sure i will mention he did appear in all three prequel trilogy movies so there is a live action uh, version of him if you go on his wikipedia oh. page uh he's on there as well i feel like i knew that but i definitely didn't <laughs> i just did not put two and two together <laughs> curiously enough again he is in uh lords of the sith by paul kemp which is interesting because that takes place uh, eight years after the events of the bad batch <laughs> so a little bit of a continuity thing there unless he's not dead oh <gasps> dun 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 wow he he was really good at faking death when they were carrying him off on a stretcher I'm not a huge stickler for uh, canon things. You know, I think as uh, it's kind of the nature of the beast with Star Wars as you're creating this tapestry of things and, uh, you know, Lords of the Sith came out so long ago. So, like, naturally things could kind of yeah, change. Like it's like the canon comic. whole years. Oof. Yeah. I we mean, were literal babies then. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, things change. Uh, canon might have to change here and there. It's, it's okay. It's not, a, yeah. you know. Yeah. All right. Well, Sarah, did you have any final thoughts on uh, Devil's Deal before we close out? Um, my final thoughts are that this was an overall a good episode. I really appreciated seeing young Hera and Chopper, and I cannot wait to see what happens next. Also, the Omega moment in Hera was just precious as frickin' frack. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all kind of comes to a conclusion in the next episode. Yeah, no, I, I love this episode, even though it didn't feature our, our main Bad Batch characters uh, as much as some might have liked, which I definitely understand. I think it's awesome to explore Hera's past a little more, especially when we have the opportunity to do so. I mean, what other time are we going to be able to do this? And might as well take that chance and might as well show us. And I think it's going to end up being something extremely important for the Bad Batch's journey. Because again, everything, everything matters. Like everything's put there for a reason. It all, it all matters in the end. It comes to a point 
and I'm excited to see what that is next week with Rescue on Ryloth. So hopefully a high stakes episode and I'm hoping uh, Chopper rolls around on his one wheel and shoots some baddies. That would be fun. Yeah. I miss dual wheel Chopper. A hundred percent. I would also like this just to be very clear. Yes. Well, until next week, Sarah, where can our listeners find you online? You can find me on Twitter at SCH221 and on Instagram at Sarah's Puzzle Pages. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter and you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure wherever you're listening to the show to leave us a five-star written review if you'd be so kind. Helps other people find the show and join our Star Wars discussion. So lots of good things coming up on the podcast here shortly. And we're also going to be talking more about the High Republic in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. We also have a Patreon where tiers start at just a dollar a month. And we are so grateful for all of our Patreons. Adam, Amy, Anna, Brian with an I, Brian with a Y, Cheryl, Deborah, Donnie, Elegy, Jesse, Knights of Ren, Huang, Levi, Lindsay, Lucy, Marie Claire, Neil, Rachel, Sarah, Saber Bouquet, Sky Talkers, T, and Travis. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you a bunch. Yes, thank you as always. And to everybody out there listening, thank you for sticking with us through this entire episode. Until next time, may the force be with you always. Bye.